Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you to Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with many of you seeing two of the most dynamic young quarterbacks in the game airing it out when Mahomes and the Chiefs welcome Watson and the Texans. Followed by the Cowboys visiting the Jets at MedLife. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you focused for football on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. The Player of the Week is brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done this week. It's Deshaun Watson of the Texans with 426 yards and five TDs in there. 53-32 uh, win over the Falcons Sunday, just shredding Atlanta. Your boy Deshaun Watson getting involved. The Player of the Week was brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back when it comes to the safety and industrial supplies to keep your facility running. Get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. And finally, our toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS, brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Landry Locker does a great show on middays in Houston on 610, our great affiliate uh, and he's joining us on the bench to talk about a lot of things, uh, H-Town. How you doing, Landry? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just getting ready for a game five. Got the Chiefs game you just mentioned, and then uh, all the drama with the Rockets. So it's a good time to be a host out here in H-Town. I mean, I guess so. Uh, let me start with this uh, baseball team. I-, I can't even believe uh, how they have had their ass beat these last two games in Tampa. They were outscored 14-4, to and then... You know, I got to tell you, I bet on Verlander tonight. I thought he was money, and, I mean, I've never – I can't even remember ever seeing him get lit up like that. Well, I mean, this is the first time he started on three days rest, Scotty, so you never know how pitchers are going to, you know, react to that. He's pitched on short rest, but he's never actually started. So, you know, I actually took the over. I thought over seven and a half was a good bet. He gets lit up for three, and then I'll be damned if the Astros' bats don't just disappear. The people here don't really know what's going on. You know, you walk in – to the playoffs feeling confident and now all of a sudden you're facing a game five with one of the best pitchers in baseball and Garrett Cole but you just look at what's happened here your your number three starter can't walk out to the mound in a high pressure situation you don't even trust your number four starter so you pitch Verlander on rest and your eighth and ninth inning guys who are supposed to be the best in the league have both been yanked early on so and I didn't even mention that the lineups disappeared so We've gone from very confident here in Houston to just all-out panic. And I, I'm with you. I have no idea what's going on right now. I, I got to tell you. Lose. I, I, seriously, I got to tell you, like, after, like, because you know as well as I do, like you said, that now they got Cole going. And, and you would think that uh, that I thought today was automatic. And then now, like, the, the way he looked in his start was so dominating and so ridiculous. You would think that it'd be absolutely impossible for that guy not to win. But the way the bats have heated up for Tampa all of a sudden, the way they've scored runs and the way they're on fire and the way they got their con- – the Astros have let them get their confidence going. Like, I mean, they are sky high going into Houston. 
I still like Cole, but you got to be chewing your fingernails. I have no faith in that he just because he's starting, they're going to win anymore after what happened today. No, and I mean, and then when he leaves the game, what happens? I mean, Presley got roughed up in game one. Osuna got pulled, left the bases loaded in game two. Uh, I mean, is he just going to go nine innings? And then you're looking at these bats. You know what happens in October when, when they start pressing. You know, this, this lineup is, is borderline, you know, invisible. Two hits from the entire outfield heading into today's game. Uh, nobody can hit. And I, it just seems like, you know, in, in a very short time, the Astros, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. And I, and I went from being surprised that they wouldn't win the World Series five days ago to now. I mean, if you told me that, you know, Friday night about 10, we're talking about the Astros being a major disappointment, it really wouldn't shock me. Don't you think, uh, Landry Locker with us, that the, um, you know, the Astros-Yankees, we've been talking about that here in New York for uh, months, and then I'm sure there's no one, I, literally, I haven't had one national, like, uh, writer, all of them, you name it, A to Z, that has been on my show talking about the playoffs whether it was Scott Miller, Bob Nightingale, they all they all thought the Astros were going to win the World Series. That it was just in the bag. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think Zach Greinke. You know, it, it, I think a lot of people just assume that you know Zach Greinke came here and you know they had a great rotation one through three. But I mean, in his in his career, I mean, he's over four in the playoffs. His ERA. Uh, he's got the anxiety issues. Uh, so you know, right now you're looking at pretty much a two man rotation, and it's all thrown off now. Uh, with Verlander, I'll say this, you know, regardless of how you feel, whether you're a Yankee fan, whether you're an Astro fan, I mean, baseball needs the Astros to face the Yankees. You know, even if even if the Yankees are just uh, – their series is lined up, I, I just don't see how Tampa Bay versus New York really moves the needle like the Astros-Yankees. We've been talking about that in H-Town for, you know, since, since before the season even started. And I know New York's already talking about the Astros as well. So – I think baseball needs it, but I just—I'm telling you, man. I really, you know, I'm going to go on the air tomorrow at ten, and I—I don't, I don't know if I feel like the Astros are going to win. I don't know if baseball's going to get it at this point. They're just shell shocked, and you know, in in a game five, anything can happen, and, and it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a rough situation here right now. Don't you think, uh, Landry, that they would uh, like with that rotation and with the money that they, you know, put this team together with, and the fact that. You know, they uh, can you imagine like, well, they've also said that they they may not even pay Garrett Cole in the offseason to keep him. Can you imagine what a colossal failure this would be if you have literally many believe the best team in baseball, the best rotation in baseball? And I mean, literally just people thought that it was automatic that they would be, you know, invincible. Can you imagine the colossal failure would be if they lose to the Tampa Rays? It's a choke. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's one of the biggest chokes that we've seen in a long time. If if that does happen, you know, assuming that it happens, it's a choke. And, you know, the whole world can come tumbling down because I don't know that you can rely on Zach Grinke as your number two starter when it matters most. And Verlander, you know, he's pushing 40. He's fought father time so far. You don't know how long that's going to uh, that's going to last. So, you know, not only would it be a choke, it, it could really be the beginning of the end for what a lot of people thought was going to be a dynasty for a long time if they don't win this game five. It could be – Garrett Cole is going to be the highest-paid pitcher in baseball. And they're talking like, you know, he's a California guy, the Los Angeles Angels. They're going to start throwing some money around so he could end up back in California with the Angels. They're saying the Rangers, they're opening a new ballpark, so they're going to throw some money around. 
So, I mean, it's no guarantee that Garrett Cole doesn't come back. So if you lose this, not only is it a choke this year, but, I mean, it could be the beginning of the end for what we see as this Astros team that a lot of people were talking about was going to win multiple World Series. I don't, I don't think you can undersell how much of a choke job this would be if you take a 2-0 lead like they did, lose this, and then all of a sudden Garrett Cole is getting paid and going somewhere else. It could be – I mean, this this could be the beginning of the end for the Astros starting Thursday if they don't win this game. And and then you end up with two, uh, two guys that – one is old and one is uh, shaky at best. You saw what happened to him the other night, Grinky. And then you talk about his uh, issues – uh, that he has, uh, which you know, I don't. He's a great pitcher, but uh, he definitely has the side drama going on. The guy that they have to keep, the guy that they have to get it done with, is Cole. They have to keep that guy. In my opinion, if they let that guy walk because of money, they will never live that down. Well, I mean, they just inherited Grinky's contract, so I mean, I don't, I, I, I get it, but I mean, and I know there's no salary cap, but I mean, George Springer is going to be up pretty soon. Correa is a free agent in two years. I mean, you got all, you got all these guys you're going to have to pay. So, I mean, I, I know that there's no salary cap, but you know how these owners are sometimes. Eventually, you draw a line in the sand. Altuve's new contract kicks up. You just paid Bregman uh, his huge his huge deal. So, yeah, you got to pay Cole, but it's it's going to be the highest it's going to be the highest salary in baseball history. And sometimes, you know, it's really not up to you. You know, when a free agent leaves you, if if Garrett Cole, a California guy, wants to go back to California. And the Angels, you know the Angels are going to match whatever the Astros give up. It might not even be up to them, you know what I mean? So it, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see if they do it. Jim Crane, when they made the trade, he threw out the possibility that they might not be able to afford it. But I, I, just, I just don't see how you let a guy like that leave your, leave your clubhouse. I'm with you. Have you ever seen Landry Locker with us from 610 in Houston? Have you ever seen anything like that game Will Fuller put up the other day and uh, when Watson hooking up with him and that guy having 200-some yards and three touchdowns? I mean, that was sickening. Yeah, I mean, before the season, you know, Will Fuller had a touchdown every game with Deshaun Watson that they ever played in. And I think the QB rating between Watson and Will Fuller was actually the second best in the NFL last year. Uh he got off to a slow start, and some people think it's because the Texans traded for Kenny Stills from the Dolphins, and Kenny Stills was kind of taking his receptions a little bit. And then as soon as Kenny Stills is out last Sunday, Will Fuller blows up. So it, it kind of goes back to, you know, Bill O'Brien being able to use all of his weapons at the same time and, and not overthinking stuff. But, you know, he 14 receptions, he tied Andre Johnson's record. I haven't seen him go off like that, but – it was kind of a surprise that Will Fuller was as pedestrian as he was the first four games before that one. Do you think they uh, can win in Arrowhead? Man, for all, you're a betting guy. I'm a betting guy. You know how sometimes when you see a betting line and you're just like, okay, I know Vegas is telling me something, but I just got to tip my cap and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, if I lose the money, I lose the money, but I'm just gonna take this bet and I'm gonna go ahead and take it on the chin if I lose it. When I saw that betting line at four and a half. That's what I did. I just said, all right, I'm going to bet on the Chiefs. I think Tyreek Hill's going to come back. I've seen this Texans defense. I feel like they've topped out. They really didn't play very good against the Falcons. I think that the I think that the Chiefs should be able to get it done. But for some reason, you know, Vegas Vegas thinks that it's going to be a close game, and it it does. This Texans offense is very good, uh, so I don't think they're going to get it done. But 
the people in Vegas seem to think it's a little bit going to be a little bit closer than I thought it would. So, Landry, explain to people what happened uh, that have no clue at all, that don't care or aren't involved in worldly events and things of this nature with the Rockets and the damage that uh, the GM has caused the NBA and their international relations with China. Okay, so basically uh, Daryl Morey late uh, over the weekend decided – uh, while the Rockets were in China, uh, that he was going to tweet out just just an image, like not not like a huge thing, but just an image uh, supporting Hong Kong. Uh, in short, he's basically supporting democracy uh, in a country in China, which, as we know, does not support democracy. So he put that tweet out, and then shortly thereafter, the owner Tillman Fertitta came out and basically called him out. Uh, the tweet was taken down, and ever since. You know, the Rockets are losing sponsors. Uh, the NBA is losing, is, is at risk of losing sponsors. Uh, and there was even speculation about whether or not Daryl Morey would still be the GM here. And it's just become kind of, a, kind of a whole crazy thing. The NBA, you can tell, is scared to say anything because, you know, obviously there's money in China. Uh, and it's just been a lot of drama here uh, and speculation about whether or not Maury keeps his job and what happens with him and what the NBA is going to do. I guess Adam Silver is going to fly up there. And it's, just been, it's just been a big ordeal, you know, shortly before the season starts. Wow. And now they're saying uh, that they may not play games there and everything else. Uh, can you even believe it? And do you think that Maury will survive this? Uh, I think he has to survive this because I just don't think that – I don't think that Fertitta can uh, – the owner can can survive, you know, getting rid of Maury for something like that, just because Maury's such a such a big deal here. But I, I I can't believe it, man. I mean, I think it's I think it's one of the most hypocritical things I've seen in a long time. With you know, with the NBA and you know, they're always talking about you know that they're, they're trying to be like humane and all that kind of stuff. And you hear Adam Silver talking about it, all that. And now they're just you know, when when the money when the money talks, they're just kind of being a little bit quiet about the China thing, which. I understand, but I can't believe it. But on the other hand, I can't believe that Maury tweeted it because I always live by, you know, the the notion, what's the payoff? And I really don't know what he was trying to accomplish with that uh, with that one tweet. But I, I, I think he does survive it. Uh, but I just I, I don't understand what's going on with this. But obviously the NBA wants no smoke from China. Do you think that uh, Landry Locker with us from 610 in Houston, do you think that uh, Westbrook will do well there? Um, I think it'll be entertaining. I think I, I think they'll they'll be very entertaining in the regular season. I think he allows Harden to rest a little bit more, but I, I I don't think the Rockets are like a championship contender. The funniest thing about the Westbrook thing here is he has been the most slandered, criticized guy in Houston for the last three years. I mean, the people here in Houston clown him more than anybody in the world really uh well when the harden and him were going for the mvp right uh you know it was basically like westbrook is a stat patter he's a loser he sucks i think daryl morey even if you look up some daryl morey tweets daryl morey used to even question westbrook you know his effectiveness as a player and all this kind of stuff and patent stats and stuff and now all of a sudden i tell you what he comes to the rockets and he might be more popular in this town than nolan ryan and earl campbell it's like it's like nothing happened there were people just deleting tweets and now all of a sudden the guy that they've hated for so long is all of a sudden like beloved. I think it'll be entertaining. I think it'll be a train wreck on some nights. I think he and Harden will get along. Uh, I think they'll be good in the regular season, but I think in the playoffs, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Rockets are, 
you know, going to win a championship or anything like that. Do people down there get into that uh, that uh, Texas Oklahoma game? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody. Texas is one of the few teams in college football where uh, you either you either like them or you hate them. So everybody has an opinion about Texas. Uh, I'm a I'm a Texas guy, so I'm 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 really into the Texas Oklahoma. So we talk a we talk a, a little bit about that. But I don't think anyone expects Texas to win, you know, this week. I saw the line was 11 uh, or whatever, but I think this could maybe be a role reversal of last year where Texas got them early and then Oklahoma got them in the championship game. Right. I think that could be the same for Texas. Their secondary is beat up. Like, their secondary is about as beat up as you can be. And Oklahoma's receivers are just so damn good that it, I, I don't know if they have a shot. But, yeah, people people definitely get into it. It sucks that it's an 11 a.m. game, though. That's That's the only thing that – it's a rivalry like uh but you know to me it's like you know i couldn't believe the number was that big based on how much they you know it's a war i mean they hate each other's guts it's like the biggest game ever and like every every possession is like the end of the earth and like literally it comes down to one or two plays or mistakes every year i don't understand why the number was so gigantic i get how Oklahoma's got hurts and they're rolling. But uh, I don't think Texas is a bad football team. I don't understand how they get zero respect in this game. It's the secondary. I mean, they're their leader in the secondary. Caden Stearns is out. Uh, he went out in the second half last year in the Big 12 championship game, and uh, that's when Oklahoma kind of put it on, uh, started putting it on Texas. Uh, so there, it's, it's, it's really just comes down to – I think Texas can score on them. Uh, they can move the ball. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They're going to get their uh, receiver, Colin Johnson, back, uh, who returned for his senior year. But I think the, that what, what the people are probably looking at and why that number is so big is because where Texas is the most injured is in the secondary, and where Oklahoma is the most stacked is that receiver. And I guess they just think eventually that's going to catch up to them. I mean, you saw Texas against LSU. Right. Uh, and that was with the full-strength secondary. Just imagine a couple of those guys going down and what it looks like against an Oklahoma team that might even be more explosive than that LSU squad. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think you're right. At 11 a.m. kickoff sucks, but Cotton Bowl. Are, are you betting it, Scotty? I, I bet. Uh, I, I bet. I bet on every. I am. I am betting it. I'm. I'm gonna middle it. I think Oklahoma will win, but I'll take that number every time uh, in a game like that. Uh, you're awesome. Great stuff tonight on everything across the board, Landry. Kick ass. Thanks for coming on the bench, brother. We'll be in touch. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, Landry Locker of 610 in Houston, our great affiliate down there, 855-212-4CBS. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. Mike in South Carolina, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Scott Pharrell, how you doing? Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up, Scott Pharrell? Tomorrow, big game, game five. I was going to ask you, can the Washington Nationals win at L.A.? I think they can. I mean, uh, you got Strasburg going, and, you know, that's a nightmare uh, guy to have to face. He has every uh, chance in the world to win that game for sure, and I think it's going to be a war between uh, Bueller and Strasburg. I think it's I think it's going to be hard to score runs. I think they're both very good. Uh, are you, would you be surprised, Carver High, if it's uh, low scoring and stressful uh, because both those guys are so lethal? Or do you think they're going to light both of them up? I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I think that you have the opportunity for one of those pitching duel type of games, tightly contested, you know, like a one nothing 2-1 game into the sixth inning type. I'd like to see that. I think that that would be a really fun game. 
And then if it gets into those later innings and it's that type of game, I kind of like the Dodgers' chances. I think Strasburg has to get the Nationals home tomorrow night. I think that that's what really needs to happen here. Who do you give? I mean, out of the two teams that are the number you know number one seeds and have won a billion games this year, you know Astros and Dodgers. Who do you think has a better chance? You have to say that the Dodgers have the better chance of going home just because the Nationals have Strasburg going to the mound tomorrow night, right? The the Dodgers have a better. chance? I think that the Dodger. I think the Nationals have a better chance to beat the Dodgers oh, than the Rays because, beating the Astros on Thursday. I, I agree with that. In I, terms of those big heavy favorites, yeah, one I of agree. them going down. I agree with it. Uh, the damn. But look, you can't deny how hot the uh, Rays are with their bats. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. I, I think that they're going into a situation here where maybe they could catch Cole. On either an off night, maybe the moment gets too big for him. They caught Verlander. They sure did. And I think that now Hinch is going to go back and, and think he got a little too smart by going there with Verlander here tonight. Be, there's no way uh, it, that both of those guys are going to lose. There, uh, how is that possible? And then the didn't the Rays, like, start Castillo or something, and they were going to use a bunch of different pitchers? They didn't they have to. They used a ton of pitchers tonight. Yeah. That guy Castillo was throwing 99 miles an hour. I, I saw some of his stuff. It was filthy. But, I, you know, you cannot deny how hot the Rays' bats got in the last two games. Now, you wonder if they can take that to Minute Maid on the road. Uh, you wonder if a day off will cool them off. Uh, and you wonder how can you beat both of those guys back-to-back. I mean, is it? that just sounds – it's a very tall order. They served up one big win tonight. And now can they go back to back against the you know two best pitchers, frankly, in baseball? I mean, they really are, aren't they? Is there's you know, who's better than Garrett Cole now in baseball pitching? I mean, anyone at all, maybe Walker Bueller, would you say that he's better than Garrett Cole? I'd rather face Walker Bueller than Garrett Cole. Cole Cole's better than Bueller this year. So look, I don't know how you beat them both. You beat one of them, that's you know, Fool me once. Let's see you do it to me twice. I don't know. I, I just have this feeling like you, you got, I mean, literally the most dynamic, dominating, heat-throwing. But then again, so is Verlander. Verlander throws the ball as hard as Cole, if you ask me. But he didn't look good tonight. And that was all she wrote. What do you go, three and two-thirds? Let's get an update. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, the bad teams in college football. Sounds fun, doesn't it? We'll talk about all the worst teams in college football, and we'll go back and look at some of the games from over the weekend uh, that stuck out to us. And then heading into week seven in college football. Can you believe it? Week seven already in college football? Think about it. What do they play? 12 weeks, 13 max? And then the bowl games? Can you even believe that? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Everybody's talking about it. Pharrellonthebench.com rules. It's the best site for picks. All my college and pro picks are up for this week's games. 67% 67% college football bet winners uh, last week. The last three weeks, 64, 64, 67. I've had three NFL weeks in the 70s, and uh, last week sucked. But uh, let's get it on. All the college of pro plays are ranked 
And uh, they're up. They're posted for this week's games. Baseball every day. Hockey every day. Every game. Boxing, MMA, every fight. Hoops coming soon. Try it. You'll love it. Pharrellonthebench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up. You'll love it. And uh, hide the money from your wife. Kel in Seattle. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Pharrell. Hey, man. Um, yeah, what I wanted to bring up was last uh, two quick points. Number one, you brought up last night. You said that you thought the Huskies suck. And to be honest with you, this year is not looking like a good year. And I'm not a Husky fan, but uh, you, you you don't think that Chris Peterson is not an elite coach, do you? No, I, I, I like him. I do think he's a good coach. I just don't understand, to be honest with you, uh, that, you know, frankly, the losses uh, to Cal and, and Stanford. I mean, they're better than both of those teams. And then, you know, you're able to you beat up uh, USC. I saw that game. I said they looked good that day. Uh, they won in Provo. They beat Hawaii, who's been a decent team this year. But you can't beat Cal and Stanford. So they're already in a hole in the Pac-12 North. Uh, I don't know how you climb out of it. I mean, they've already lost them, and they got all these tough games left. They got Arizona this week, I think, in um, or whatever is it next week? It's this weekend, right? It's this weekend in yeah, Tucson. In Tucson, then they play yeah. uh, against Oregon at at home. That's a good game for them. Utah at home. That's going to be another tough one. And then uh, at Oregon State, they win that one. At Boulder, they should win that one. Washington State, uh, the games at home, you would think they'd win it. But the way they've lost those games, uh, to me, like, I don't understand. Stanford's been terrible, and they got their ass beat by them in Palo Alto. I couldn't even believe it. No, they're not They're uh, they're not a good team this year as compared to the last three. I mean, the last three they got to the National Championship playoff, the Fiesta Bowl, and the Rose Bowl. But you've got to take this all in stride. It's just one of those seasons where a new quarterback – uh, they've kind of stepped back, so they're probably looking at eight wins this year. But I think they'll get back on track. And my other question is, uh, there was a big article on a website about New York, New Jersey sports. I think it's called like Empire Strikes Back or something. Said for Rutgers to turn it around and become really relevant in college football, they need to go after Mike Leach. What say you? Well, I think that uh, that would that would be a great move, but it, it's unrealistic, in my opinion, based on uh, I don't think that there's any reason in the world for him to go to Rutgers. Like It's a disastrous job. It's a losing job. It's not a good job. People say it's good because they're in the Big Ten. They are the Big Ten's absolute whipping boy in everything, literally in every sport. I mean, that and swimming. I mean, they're down to, I mean, they can't do anything right in the big time. They are the laughing stock of the conference. I don't see why in, in God's name he would ever leave Pullman even for that. He's got a great thing going out there. Um, now, I'm sure he could get, uh, you know, there was talk about him going to Tennessee, right? So I have no problem with that. Going back to the Washington thing, uh, I don't think he's going to Rutgers. But strangely enough, someone may suggest that. I don't I don't believe that. Secondly, um, Washington, you know, this talk of that they, they weren't going to be good this year. Are you kidding me? They were favored to win the conference. So, I mean, Washington and Oregon were the two favorites. Simple as that. You know, and that's all there is to it. And now they're uh, in a big hole. So it's not like it, the world's ending. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, you know, I never said. I, I think that the two losses, they really played terribly. I, I can't even... And even the Cal game wasn't terrible, but they lost, right? Two years in a row to Cal, who's, you know, basically 
they've been terrible, right? And now all of a sudden they're beating Washington. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand how they can't handle their business against teams they should beat. You know what I mean? They should win those games, and they don't. And I do like their coach. I think he's a good coach. I mean, there's no question that the guy's a good coach. So I'm not really blaming him. I, the day I watched him with Carver High in L.A., we were in L.A. watching him beat USC. I thought they looked good that day. They always right. seem to look good, you know, certainly when they're playing at Husky Stadium and everything. But, you know, I'm uh, very uh, unmoved by them uh, last week in Palo Alto. I thought it was bad. So it is what it is. Yeah, and I don't. Carver High, do you see uh, Mike Leach going to Rutgers? I don't. Uh, I agree with you. Rutgers is it's one of the worst jobs in, in college football. It just is. And I know that they're in the Big Ten because they're in. people think they're in the New York market. They're not. Nobody in New York City or the New York Tri-State area cares or even they realizes don't, they, Rutgers they, exists. No one would uh, go I mean, there so, if, you, if you gave them a front-row parking spot and a luxury right. suite. They still wouldn't now, go there. Now, when, on the flip side of it, would Mike Leach make them relevant? Maybe, uh, but... I don't know how relevant. Where, where, where we mean relevant? Is he going to compete in the Big Ten? I don't know. He's already competing he's, in the Pac-12, I, and, I, I, and they love him there. And yeah. he's got a really cushy job where they're not getting rid of him. Why would you walk out? No, no, no. Out they're of not that? getting rid of him because if he went to the Rutgers, he'd lose. He would lose because look, listen, we we this is just facts of life. Um, the Big Ten is is tougher than the Pac-12, especially the division the Rutgers in. I mean, you want to play. Michigan every year and Ohio State and play, uh, play all those guys every year, whereas the Pac-12 is more competitive this year, but they're all beating each other up. I mean, anybody can win the conference. I get that. Somebody but... said to me that, uh, you know, they should kick him out, and that's not happening either. They're well, that's not, not happening. They're not it's... kicking him out of the Big Ten. No, that's not happening. They're in, and so is Maryland, would, and, that's would... done, and Nebraska. It's a done deal. I think I... Mike Leach can make any team better. He's that good of a coach. But... Nebraska should have never gone to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, they should have stayed in the Big Twelve, Big Eight, whatever you want to call it. That that's a fact. That they it, it is so funny to me how people, even the governor, trying to sell me that they're going to win the Big Ten. They have been so abysmal since they went to the Big Ten. Look, just take a look at their the entire time they've been there has been a train wreck. I don't care what anybody says, and Maryland too. It's been a bad move for them, and the three teams that they added. It was bad moves for all three. Why would Nebraska, they add Maryland, the, and Rutgers? I, I don't understand why they moves. added them. I, I get why they thought that they, Rutgers for the for the market. Well, well, the Rutgers in Maryland was, of course, the East Coast market. But they they, they were getting to New York and the D.C. market. Right, but they, they, they never they anticipated they that. that they these smart people, They there was a great idea, but they never anticipated that there's a bottom to it, right? That it can't just all be gravy and champagne and caviar, right? There's got to be something bad about it. There's got to be something that's going to be of concern. And that concern is, is what you said earlier, is that no one here in the tri-state area gives a rat's ass about Rutgers. Zero. I mean, it is so funny to me because, like, we work here, right, and everyone here went to, like, Syracuse, right? There isn't one – is there one person even that went to Rutgers? That there, I've never seen a guy running around here cheering for Rutgers ever. Really nobody. I mean – it, I've never even have you ever once seen on the streets of New York someone wearing a Rutgers sweatshirt? No, they do not matter here. They don't exist. It's it's unbelievable. It is truly staggering that they're right down the street and no one even gives, that one good year they had with Shiano. They didn't matter around here. Where they but, beat Louisville and they you know even that year they didn't matter. Do you remember when like 
St. John's mattered in New York. Yeah, they don't matter anymore. They don't matter either. All these guys around here trying to sell you that St. John's matters. It is what it is. College sports, big-time college sports in New York City. Does not exist. Doesn't matter. It really is. Now, now the Garden, the home of the Big East, all that stuff, you know, the Big East tournament. They they ruined that, too. That's not really what it used to be either. They ruined that. But, um, you know, when you get a big college hoop game at the Garden, that's about the extent of college sports in New York City. Do you get? That's, uh, that's do it. you? But they have good tournaments at the Garden, right? Well, I mean, the, the, the ACC was, was in Brooklyn, and the, and the Big Ten was in the Garden two years ago, and right. the Big East obviously is there every year. But they have more than that. They have like college tip-off. Well, the early season ones, yeah, they all go. Everybody rolls into the Garden. Well, uh, I got to tell you though, but as far as the Big East tournament, do they still do the day and night games? On Thursday they do, yes, because there's ten teams in the Big East, so they have two games Wednesday night, four games Thursday, two games Friday night, and then the championship Saturday. So there's only one day of day games. Uh yes, Thursday now. I used win. to go to that. Do you remember? And I rem- I will never forget this guy that works here. He doesn't work here anymore. Uh, he yelled at me. For going to the Big East tournament, I didn't yell at you. And having better seats than his uh, media seats that his uh, whatever his staff got, the, the he saw me sitting in the front row on the floor at the Garden in literally the best seats money could buy, and his guys were like seated ten rows back of me, and you know they're they're in their media seats or whatever. I'm sitting there front row, living large, got it all going. And uh, I had the popcorn going, the whole deal, leather jackets. I'm sitting there with some just smoke show hotties. And I got lit up by this boss here screaming and yelling how, where did I get those seats and where did I get the tickets? He thought I, like, did it illegally. And do you remember that nonsense, Carver High? Do you remember that? I mean, honest to God. I the guy, remember. The guy's long gone. I don't give a rat's ass what he thinks of me. I never, I never respected him to begin with. So just so we, we're all on the same page here. I never liked him or respect I didn't respect him to begin with, so can you imagine some guy yelling at me here about the great seats I have at a sporting event at the Garden? He's mad because the, his crappy seats were 10 rows behind me, and then he got mad that I went to the game. Can you imagine? I was like, bro, you must be tripping. He yelled at me. He says, you're never going to – you will never go to a game again without telling me. I'm like, your mother. Your mother. I'll tell your mother. How's that sound? That was his mother, and I cannot believe that she was so mean to me because I brought her cookies. Usually she's the one making me the cookies, but it, well, it was weed cookies. I got to admit, that didn't go over very well. Can you imagine I got yelled at when I was here for like a month and they were yelling at me because I went to the garden to the Big East basketball tournament and I had great seats and I got yelled. I have never had anyone yell at me for such a femmy thing in my entire career. See, I didn't realize you were being, I thought it was the guys under you. I didn't realize it was you personally because I've heard. It was me. I've heard that said person treats talent a lot differently. Then what, producers? Yes. What's the difference? I went with producers to the game. I understand that. I didn't know you were personally. It was like, I don't remember who went. It was like Sizzle, me. And Mafia. And Mafia. Is that who went, the three of us? Thanks for inviting me. You didn't go? You never invited me. I don't remember. You didn't invite Carver either. Uh, Well, he wasn't working with me then. I didn't know him from Adam. You knew of him. So I should have taken Carver High, who was working at the game. I was there. You were at the game that day. He was in the seats 10 rows behind me. He didn't like it either. No, I, I didn't see in those seats either. Oh, you were up in the bleeds? The blues? No, 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 no. I was down with some people. You were partying? 
I don't go. I don't go near cameras. Right. <laughs> you get you get picked up on the cameras is bad. Not me. I don't go near them. Can't have it. Cause then they then you got a location. It's like a GPS tracker on. Nobody you. knows what I'm up to in that arena. <laughs> you don't want to be seen at the garden, is what it is. Well, I definitely don't want to be seen with whatever I'm doing there. No. Yeah, but also uh, you don't like the players, uh, the teams in the garden either. You don't like the Knicks or the Rangers. Well, no, I don't like either of them. But if college hoops, I go there. I go there to hang. College hoops. College hoops. I like the college hoops. I like the Big East tournament. I've seen the Irish play there a bunch of times. They're in. It's Brooklyn. great. Indiana's, I think, playing there this year. In the beginning of the season, they're playing some big tournament there. They've never done well there either. That was Bob Knight. That's the last time Indiana ever won a game in New York, ever, that mattered. He was the coach. Because they don't, they don't ever win any games that matter anymore. I got that right, too. It's unbelievable. All right, coming up, uh, you're going to get a kick out of my next guest. If you've never heard him on this show, you're in for a treat. Kyle Turley, the former NFL lineman, now a huge proponent of CBD oil. The last time I talked to him, Carver High, he was just talking strictly smoking gigantic blunts and doobies uh, in California for his uh, CTE. He said the only medicine that worked for him was reefer. And now he's got a CBD company. And we'll talk to him about the uh, positive effects of CBD on athletes in the world today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.